Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot! And the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. Hello and welcome in. Friday edition of the program. We've made it to the end of the week. Big weekend, obviously, of sports and hoops coming ahead. Let's take a look at the show lineup for this Friday program, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Segment one coming up here in just a few moments. Andrew Grants, the head coach of the Jeffersonville Red Devils, will join us. The Red Devils open the season finally. Seems like we've been going now for a week and a half or so, but uh, no Jeff games until tonight. That's when the Red Devils travel to Evansville and will take on Evansville North. And, of course, tomorrow at Charlestown, Jeffersonville and Walnut Hills from Cincinnati headlining the Body Armor Showcase. We'll get a chance to catch up on the Devils and preview both of those games with Coach Grants coming up here in just moments. Later in the hour, Dylan Wallace. He's the sports editor of the Seymour Tribune. He's with us on Fridays as we talk IU basketball, football, and more. He is scheduled to be with us today, as is Kyle Neddenrip of the Indianapolis Star in segment number three of the program. That's the show lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Check out their dinner package deals, which are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service still available at as well at Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. And a reminder that the Thornton's text line is open. We always enjoy your questions, your comments for guests that we have on the Indiana Hoosiers, on local sports uh, maybe it's not a question. Maybe you just want to sound off on something. You can send us a text at 502-414-1450. That's 502-414-1450. And you can download the Thornton's Refreshing Rewards app today for great offers and savings on fuel every day. All right, let's get to our first guest today, Andrew Grants, the coach at Jeffersonville and the Red Devils, a, a talented team this year, a big schedule with lots of challenges ahead. And coach, you open the season this weekend with really two very tough games. Evansville North expected to be a quality ball club from the Pocket City. And of course, we know Cincinnati Walnut Hills, they boast one of the top sophomores in the state of Ohio, maybe one of the best in the country that you'll match up with on Saturday evening. Yeah, that's a that's a heck of a weekend to start to see where your team stacks up. But uh, we're we're excited for the challenge this weekend. It'll be a great opportunity uh, for us to to see where you know the things that we got to improve and get better at, and then the things that we do well and, and need to continue to accentuate going forward. You know, coaches, we've talked with other coaches from the area. It's amazing how tough some of the schedules are, especially early in the year. When we had you on to preview the Red Devils for this season, we mentioned that there aren't a lot of home games, especially early on for Jeff this season, because of how the schedule shook out. But after this weekend, Seymour, who appears to be an improved ball club, is next. 
Then Silver Creek, the defending 3A champions. You play at Western High School in Louisville for a few days in a tournament. Then North Central up in Indy. Pike from Indianapolis, New Albany, Floyd Central, Providence. That's how the season goes in order for the Red Devils. So this weekend and the tough games you have coming ahead, kind of par for the course. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's worked out, and I'll be honest with you. When I when I got the uh, the job last summer, we only had 12 of our 23 possible games scheduled. So the schedule right now, as far as home games, we're really trying to uh, to work to get more of those games. But, you know, so many teams schedule two to four years out, so we're working on, uh, you know, building that schedule over time to have more of those home opportunities, and we know those will be coming. But as far as the strength of schedule, uh, you know, we, we really believe that that's how, uh, you know, you, you build the program into the contender at, at the state level that you want it to be at is you've got to play uh, the best of the best and you've got to take on the best of the best because it reveals a lot about your team, um, but also it prepares you for the postseason. We never want to go into the postseason looking to an opponent going, we have not played anybody this good all year long and we're not for sure how we're going to handle it. We want to go into the postseason 100% prepared, uh, knowing that we've seen all kinds of competition and different styles of play uh, so that when we prepare for those postseason games that we can go back and, and fall back on the things that we've done before and use those as learning lessons. So, uh, you know, we're, we go into these not afraid of the outcome, uh, but with a growth mindset, with a mindset that we're going to take each game one game at a time and continue to improve with uh, the process of, of being where we want to be at the end of the season. Coach, uh, great stuff. Let's talk about tonight's game, Evansville North. It's actually going to be played at the University of Southern Indiana, and I'm not sure if everyone knows, but they have a new facility, a really nice facility. They've made an announcement within the last six months or so that they have a plan to look at transitioning to Division One's basketball and other sports here in the near future. So a chance to take on a good Evansville North team. Uh, you'll find out a lot here in this opening game tonight, but also part of a bigger event. There's a number of games that will take place down at USI this weekend, and you're the nightcap for this Friday session. Yeah, absolutely. We're, we're very excited about the game tonight. We uh, you know, got online and showed the boys uh, yesterday the arena and what it looks like and, and just the facility. I mean, it's unbelievable, and the, the kids are very excited to get to play in there. Uh, it is. It's a great event uh, that they have there in Evansville, and we were very fortunate to be invited to be a part of that. Um, and Evansville North will be a tough matchup for us tonight. They uh, shoot the ball uh, extremely well, and they can get hot at any time. They, uh, you know, defensively, uh, they're going to cause problems. They're going to get out in passing lanes, but they also do a great job of shutting down driving lanes uh, and understanding personnel. I've known Coach Roach, uh, that's their head coach there for, gosh, seven, eight years now, back whenever he was at Pike Central beforehand and, and just playing against each other in summer camps. And he does a tremendous job of, of getting his team prepared. So uh, that'll be a, a great challenge for us tonight against an opponent that, uh, you know, could could be a uh, regional uh, opponent later on down the road. And let's talk about Cincinnati Walnut Hills. We had Coach Ricardo Hill on the program yesterday. We've been trying to preview this great body armor showcase that's going to take place at Charlestown most of the afternoon and evening on Saturday. It sounds like he's got a ball club out of Cincinnati that is a contender in that state. Uh, he mentioned a six foot seven prospect that's got all sorts of Division One offers. As a sophomore, there's some other talent to go around him that are upperclassmen. 
definitely a, a ball game to watch when you think about what your team puts on the floor uh, versus what Coach Hill told us yesterday. So you go right from a, a good in-state team to a Cincinnati-based team that looks like they're going to be one of the best maybe in the region. Oh, absolutely. They, uh, you know, we've gotten it, we've broken down their film and everything, gotten a chance to look at them. And the first thing that everyone's going to talk about with their team is their six, seven prospect, Tyler McKinley, and how good he is. Uh, but really what sets them apart, and he's a great player, but they've got one of the best three point shooters, uh, in the state of Ohio coming back. And their point guard just does a tremendous job of getting the ball into the paint and creating for his teammates. Uh, so it's not just a, uh, you know, a team that just has the star player that they run everything through. They've got some great pieces around them, and they're a hard-nosed physical team. Uh, so that's going to be a, a challenge. That would be a challenge for us uh, as it is by itself. Uh, but then to throw on top of it, uh, you know, a, 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 the night before uh, a trip to Evansville and then a late night returning home, it gets to really good quality opponent. Uh, you know, this will be a good weekend for us. And uh, But we're not shying away from it. We're excited and uh, you know, looking forward to both of these challenges. Andrew Grant's the Jeffersonville coach, my guest. A big weekend of high school basketball here in the area. We'll recap the full schedule here in just a moment. But, Coach, tell us about this Jeffersonville team. When we spoke, it was just as regular season practices were beginning, and I think everyone is familiar with some of the big names on your team, but you also gave us a preview of some of the other players in the offseason that have made some progress, and there are also a number of young players that are entering the program that have a chance to make contributions as well. Uh, as we head into this opening weekend, as far as games are considered for the Red Devils, what have you seen so far, and, and how do you look at expectations for the year? Yeah, absolutely. I think early on it's going to be, um, you know, finding out uh, exactly how our pieces fit together because uh, we went into our DOS uh, scrimmage, and going into that scrimmage we had some great freshmen really step up and play well uh, and some sophomores uh, as well. But what comes with that, with freshmen and sophomores, and this is just a natural part of maturity, is, uh, is consistency. And so those guys have had some really great days in practice and then uh, some days that haven't necessarily been their best, but uh, they're great players and they're coming in, they're trying to work hard every day. It's just it's different going from that middle school practicing a couple days a week to coming into high school and practicing every single day. But what they're doing for the program and the work that they're putting in, we've been very, very pleased with it. So really early on what it's going to be for us is trying to find out which of those players uh, consistently work well with our older group of returners that we know, uh, Kobe Studemeyer, Brandon Razor Moore, uh, Monty McGee, uh, Will Lovings Watts, and those players uh, and how they gel together. So it'll be, you know, some different lineups early on, especially against some good quality competition and different types of competition uh, to see what's going to give us, uh, you know, our best lineups as we go down the stretch of the season. Coach Grants, I want to take a look uh, as well at the Hoosier Hills Conference uh, as Hoosier Hills play kind of picking up here over the next few weeks, especially as we get into the new year. You know, from our area, we've been so fortunate as fans and, and me as a radio guy covering this stuff to see Jeff, New Albany, and Floyd Central uh, be very, very good the last number of years and really have dominated the Hoosier Hills Conference and even that sectional that most of the Hoosier Hills teams feed into at Seymour. I get a feeling this year from talking with coaches and even from looking at some early 
non-conference game scores that the Hoosier Hills Conference from top to bottom is going to be very solid this year. I saw Seymour with a couple big wins to start the year. Uh, teams that maybe have been middle of the pack or even lower in the conference for a number of years. At Jennings County is another team. They appear that they'll be very solid and maybe in the mix this year. I think without question, this has from top to bottom a chance to be one of the more solid conferences, uh, slate of conference teams that the Hoosier Hills has seen in a number of years. Well, if you go back to even last year, you know, we I think it was the maybe the last week or the second to last week of the season, I think we had four teams tied uh, for first place in the conference. Um, I think that this year could very well be. Uh, the same scenario because of what you're saying, because of the um, just the level of all the teams from top to bottom. It's a very, very competitive conference this year. But um, again, though, that's that's great for for us. That's great for every team uh, in the conference because it, it helps us uh, prepare uh, for the postseason. But yes, I look forward uh, to our conference being a very similar uh, situation as last year, where we might be the last. Uh, you know, two, three weeks of the season, um, looking at it going, man, there's there's three or four different teams that have an opportunity to, to win the conference this year. Yeah, absolutely. Andrew Grants of Jeffersonville, my guest. Uh, big weekend. I, I want to give another shout-out to the event at uh, Charlestown. We'll go through the full schedule here in just a moment. But, Coach, you, you get this stuff. You've been a college coach. You've recruited at events like this weekend. It's always nice to get a little boost where there's a number of games in a day. Uh, you get some good matchups, bringing in teams from out of the area. There are some pretty strict rules in Indiana, uh, but it, taking advantage of what you can do, I think, as possible is, is good, especially early in the year. Stuff like this, is, it's just good program-building opportunities to get a showcase game, to take on someone you're never going to see again this season or in the postseason, and to kind of find out early on where you're at with some of these type of games. Oh, absolutely. And it, it's great for the kids because uh, I'll give you an example. I was coaching uh, when I was down at Fort Myers High School in Florida. We had a uh, point guard down there, Javian McCollum. He's now a uh, point guard at Siena uh, College in New York. And uh, we went to a showcase in Miami. And, uh, and he was a little under the radar. He was undersized as a sophomore. But in just one showcase game, uh, he had a great game and had 37 points, and it just completely blew up his recruiting. Uh, so to be able to be in these showcases where you have uh, a lot of um, different teams from different areas coming in and playing a lot of games, uh, you're going to be able to get the college coaches there to see the players. Uh, I just think it's great for uh, any high school player that's looking to play at the next level. So at Jeffersonville, you know, we, we want to make sure that we are helping our players, and I say this all the time, I don't want to just get them the scholarship, I want to prepare them for college. Uh, but to be able to be in these showcases really helps uh, our athletes and give the, gives them great opportunities, and uh, and that's what we're really you know trying to do with our program is is help our players achieve their dreams uh, beyond uh, just high school sports, but achieve achieve their dreams for the rest of their lives. All right, Jeffersonville coach Andrew Grant as his team heads into a big weekend. The first two games of the year for the Red Devils down at Evansville tonight at USI. They'll take on Evansville North and return to the area on Saturday afternoon, Saturday early evening, a 6 o'clock tip, and take on Cincinnati Walnut Hills up at Charlestown High School. Coach, thanks for the chat. Good luck tonight and next, or really the, the early part of the year with this very tough schedule, and uh, we'll see you covering the Red Devils uh, very soon. 
Matt, I appreciate it, and thanks for having me on. Absolutely. The Body Armor Showcase, four teams, uh, four games, eight teams, uh, begins Saturday afternoon at Charlestown High School Sports Arena. You've heard us promote the schedule throughout the week. One o'clock, the host Pirates of Charlestown. They will take on Louisville Holy Cross in game number one. Game number two, Fern Creek from Louisville will take on Cincinnati Taft. Uh, they have a six foot four shooting guard, Rayvon Griffith, who's got scholarship offers from Louisville, Kansas, UCLA, and other schools. The third game in that event, Warren Central from Indianapolis. They'll be down in the area at Charlestown to take on Cincinnati Woodward. Uh, they uh, Warren Central has uh, Trey Day. Excuse me. Trey Davis, or Tay Davis is his name, uh, he has uh, lots of interest and has committed to the UofL program. His brother, Dre Davis, is already at UofL, and Woodford has just a terrific point guard. I've seen him before, uh, Six foot one, Paul McMillan. He's got offers from a lot of Big Ten schools and many others, so that will be a great game with some prospects. And then, of course, game four at 6 o'clock, it's Coach Grant's Red Devils and obviously Cincinnati Walnut Hills as well. We mentioned their big six foot seven sophomore that is really uh, getting lots of interest. His name's Tyler McKinley, and he has a number of offers from the high major Division One level. So that is the Body Armor Showcase. It's really a, a big weekend general tonight. You've got Jeffersonville against Evansville North down at USI as part of that showcase. New Albany ha- opens a big weekend tonight. They host Evansville Harrison, who's expected, I think, to be right up there with Evansville North from down in the Evansville region this year. Uh, New Albany tomorrow night will host Zionsville, who's number two in the state. Also, Corden is at North Harrison tonight. That's a rivalry game. Silver Creek, uh, 2-0. and They will be led, I'm sure, again by Brandon Northern and will play at Columbus North tonight. Providence is at Austin, Borden at Lanesville. There's a real small school sectional look tonight, early sectional look. When those two rivals hook up, Scottsburg at Charlestown, West Washington at Eastern, Paoli at Henryville. That is a look at some of the area games for this Friday night slate ahead of us here on December 3rd. We'll head to a commercial break. When we come back, Dylan Wallace, he's the sports editor of the Seymour Tribune. He's going to join us as we talk IU basketball. We'll get you ready for the Hoosiers upcoming two-game Big Ten swing before they hop back in to non-conference play. We'll also talk a little IU football as they enter off-season mode this week. Stay with us. Lots ahead here on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. I'll handle this the way I want to handle it now that I'm here. You f***ed it up to begin with. Now just sit there or leave. I don't give a what you do. Now, back to the game. Here's Matt Dennison. All right, we're back here on this Friday program. Dylan Wallace, sports editor of the Seymour Tribune, going to join us in just a moment as we'll talk IU basketball and probably get into some football today as well. Don't forget the Thornton's text line is open. Send in your questions or comments for Dylan, 502-414-1450. That's 502-414-1450. And a reminder that Thornton's, it's the perfect stop for all the best pick-me-up items you need to get your day started, like their fresh coffee and 
delicious donuts. Well, Dylan, the non-conference schedule has been, I think, very fair to Indiana so far. Fans really excited, even with the loss at Syracuse, based on how fun that game was to watch and to see IU with their backs against the wall a couple different times in that game battle back and force overtime and make it as close and competitive. You could argue that maybe they should have even won the ball game uh, on the road earlier this week. Now, after all that excitement, we get two Big Ten games, and it starts tomorrow when Nebraska comes to town for a noon tip-off. Yeah, I mean, it is, it is pretty exciting. You know, I'm glad that Indiana was able to sort of battle its way back in that game on Tuesday because it felt like for a little bit, you know, those the first, especially the first half, that like, oh, no, is this sort of the, the same team that we've seen that, you know, they obviously they had the easy non-conference play. This is a team that can't that can't score, that can't take care of the ball, that goes on these droughts. Um, but, you know, you saw in that second half really just, the, what 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 they brought Parker Stewart and Miller Copier to do, and that's space the floor, shoot the ball, and they made a lot of shots, helped keep Indiana in it. Trent Jackson Davis has a really good performance again, um, and it was just really fun. I think that was another thing; it was just kind of fun to watch them play basketball. Uh, it wasn't like a a slow clog of a of a game, you know. It was it was fun. It was high paced. It was exciting, um, even against a. You know that unique zone that Syracuse runs. So um, it was good that they fought back. I think it gave a lot of people a lot of uh, hope. I guess that this team kind of just won't roll over like they they used to in the past. Um, and you know, even though it is a loss, I think people are excited about a lot of a lot of pieces on this team, especially heading into a, a conference game at home uh, tomorrow afternoon. And you know, Nebraska just played four overtimes against NC State. Uh, they came out on the on the losing end of that. Um, but I think Nebraska. Obviously, they might be a little bit improved than what we've seen in the last couple of years, but this is a game Indiana should win, um, and then I would say you know it'd be a pretty good win to start off conference play. You know, one to zero, obviously. So there's a lot of excitement um, still. I think the crowd will be pretty good for the first Big Ten opener. You know, it's on a weekend, um, so I think that'll be a good thing for Indiana, um, and it'll be nice to see kind of how they try to come out and, and respond after taking a loss because. In the past, we've kind of seen this stuff snowball a bit. Um, so, you know, you, you hope they come out and uh, don't get off to as slow of a start as they did on Tuesday because you really can't afford to do that. You can't get down big early on in a game and just kind of be clawing back the entire time. So, hope they get off to a fresh start with the, with the, with the pro, hopefully a decent crowd behind them. And, uh, you know, it should, it should be a win on Saturday. Yeah, looking at Nebraska's schedule, you mentioned 5-3, and three, their record so far. And it looks like they've been a little up and down. They, they defeated Colorado back – uh, I guess an exhibition game at the end of October, and then came out to start the regular season with a one-point loss to mid-major Western Illinois, then a loss to Creighton, who's always a solid mid-major program, and uh, really no notable wins in the regular season over high-major teams. Of course, you noted that crazy game, the uh, four-overtime, 104 100 score from on Wednesday night, which I thought was part of just an unbelievable slate of ACC Big Ten Challenge games, how they all played out, most of them uh, very close, competitive, some overtimes. Uh, you know, it just really, I thought, a great preview of the Big Ten Conference. Uh, so this Nebraska team, as you mentioned, it looks on paper, Dylan, like it should be a win. And given that the next Big Ten game is at Wisconsin before going back to non-conference play, and because we know how wild and wacky the Big Ten seems to be each and every year, getting an early win or two before you get back to non-conference play could speak volumes for when January and February get here. Yeah, it's huge. It always seems like Indiana gets a pretty good, um, I guess, 
schedule of the, in terms of the two teams, they always play in December, kind of before they hit January. Um, and I think this is an opportunity to take advantage of that. Now, Nebraska, I mean, I think they might be like a little, you know, frisky. They might have some fight to them. I think they had a couple of players ejected in that in that NC State game, and then they still were able to kind of stay in it and then, you know, be competitive. Um, and I'm not saying and NC State's you know not a not a kind of dominant team either, but you know they sometimes have their moments in the ACC. Um, but yeah, I, I think this will be a, a, a solid test, especially just coming off a loss too. You know, it, it'd just be a nice kind of get right game for Indiana. It'll be a, a a a Big Ten team at the least. You know, it's not one of these other schools coming in here that you should easily roll over. It should be a solid test, and I think if Indiana could could kind of easily get this win or or come out firing and kind of dominate Nebraska, it'd be a really nice start to Big Ten play. It'd be a really good confidence booster. Um, especially as you mentioned that the game at Wisconsin, which uh, you know I don't think any has won there in 20 years or something like that. Everyone kind of knows the streak about that, and Wisconsin's kind of looked pretty okay as well to start this year. I think people thought they might be a little down. They looked all right. You know, it'll be an inch. You know, they, they kind of have the they have a young team though, which is kind of weird. You know, usually they have the old team. I think last year they had like an average age of 23 and. Everyone show the stat how they have an older starting lineup than the Chicago Bulls, and but now now they got like a pretty young, pretty younger team. You know, the average age is around just under twenty, I think. So different, different makeup for them, but they're off to a decent start. Uh, they beat Georgia Tech, obviously in the in the Big Ten ACC Challenge, but this this is an important game for Indiana, just because you especially you know you you don't want to lose this and and lose any momentum or have losses start to snowball on you. Um, I think Nebraska will will be. You know, I, I remember a game in 2019. Nebraska came to town and, and beat Indiana by 15, and you're all everyone's just kind of like, "What is going on?" That was obviously under the Archie Miller area. Um, but we've seen Nebraska give Indiana some issues. I think last year the Indiana went on the road there, and it was pretty. It was a tight game uh, going down the stretch. So they've had their battles with Nebraska over the last couple of years. So I'm not saying this will be a kind of a, a easy cakewalk by any means. But if Indiana is able to come out and just really kind of fix the things, you know, limit the turnovers you know, cut down on some of those mistakes um, and, and be able to kind of defend it at a higher level than they did on Tuesday, um, it should be good. And, you know, obviously they're going to be playing a little bit more normal of a defensive style that Nebraska will bring other than a, a 2-3 zone. So that'll be probably nice for the players. They don't have to kind of worry about all kind of that stuff. So uh, should should be a win. It should be an exciting time. To, and it should be a good a good note to kind of kick off conference play on because, as you mentioned, you know, Getting a, a two wins or maybe just one win in December before you kind of really hit it going in January, which just feels like a gauntlet, uh, is pretty important. Dylan Wallace, he's the sports editor of the Seymour Tribune, my guest. Mike Woodson had a uh, press conference earlier today, a Zoom uh, conference earlier today to preview Nebraska and the games ahead for IU. I think the really the most it was a pretty quick one. The most interesting thing that I saw come from that was he said Rob Finnessy will be the first point guard off of the bench moving forward because of his experience. Uh, just yesterday, we were talking about Rob Finnessy, quite honestly, being a bit of a disappointment so far this season. I know he had a, a leg injury that may have slowed him down a bit these last few games, but I think it's interesting to hear that uh, Coach Woodson talking about Finnessy maybe playing more of a role and being the go-to guy off the bench uh, moving forward for IU. Yeah, well, I think um, when you just look at it, Tuesday's game, um, there were moments in the second half where his his on-ball pressure – uh, was really good. You know, he was kind of really pressuring Gerard, and he was getting after it defensively. And I think a lot of fans, you know, if he didn't foul out, you know, what what does that last possession look like where it's Rob picking up the ball um, instead of Christian Lander? You know, things could turn out differently. And, and Mike Woodson also said today how, 
you know, he's like, yeah, Christian hit that big shot in the second overtime. You know, he hit that three. He's like, but also at the end of the first overtime, we didn't even get a shot off. We didn't get into our offense. I think he was pretty disappointed by that in Lander, and that was obviously a, a missed opportunity for Nana to uh, he got to at least get a shot off, you know. Um, so I think that goes into it. Um, he also said Rob Finney isn't 100% healthy. Um, so, you know, that might play into, you know, do we see him on Saturday or not? Is Lander the first off the bench Saturday because Rob's not 100% healthy? We'll see. But, yeah, Woodson still thinks like he wants to roll with Rob um, because of the experience. But he also said, you know, depending on how Rob is playing in the game, that'll depend kind of what we do with Christian, what we do with Tamar. He even mentioned Anthony Leal. He said he thinks Leal deserves more playing time, and he said he's got to find a way to get him in. So that's an interesting thing to look to look out for. You know, obviously Leal um, hasn't hasn't played kind of any meaningful minutes yet. He's gotten into some of the other games where he has had a big lead in. Um, but you know, we'll see if he's able to crack the lineup in in some bigger minutes here going forward. Because Woodson seems pretty impressed with him. He said Leal gives him toughness and obviously good shooting that we all know of. Um, but yeah, I think Rob has been a little bit disappointing. You know, I think we were all pretty excited about uh, what he could bring into this offense, um, what, he, what he could bring when he's maybe not have so much pressure on him to run the offense. You know, if he could play off ball a little more, he could, you know, get up tempo, have more free-flowing. Um, and it just kind of hasn't really hit, you know, hasn't really hit strides with him yet because it just seems like he's still sort of pressing a little bit. Um, he, he wants to shoot, but sometimes he's just kind of shooting just to shoot. Um, yeah, he just still seems a little bit hesitant. Um, but, you know, you're hoping that he, he can kind of get himself going a bit because Indiana's going to need him. Um, you know, he's, they're going to need as much help as they can get because, I mean, if you look at Tuesday's game, I think one of the more disappointing things is just kind of the contributions from the bench uh, was was pretty minimal against Syracuse. Um, and then you, you really saw that the Stars kind of get a little bit fatigued there down the stretch uh, in, in the two overtimes. And, you know, the bench play and the depth is something that was a, a big thing that we were all pretty excited about after the first five games or six games or whatever because, um, you know, they're coming in, they're doing good things. But, you know, they really struggled against Syracuse. Jordan Geronimo did not play well. He obviously showed he could not really handle kind of that zone. Um, so, uh, and he is going to need some more, a lot more from its bench. And that starts with Rob Finney coming in off the bench for the guard play. So, you know, you're hoping he can kind of get, get, get into a rhythm here coming up. But he's got to get healthy first. You know, something, something's still not right. I don't know if it's the calf or if something else happened to him. I um, mean, he kind of had that weird drive in the Syracuse game where it looked like he kind of came up a little hobbled or whatever. So, uh, yeah, definitely something to look out for, though, is just kind of the guard rotation. If he finds the get Leal in there, how he continues to use Christian Lander, because I think Lander's proven – uh, even though there there is still some limitation with this game, he can do a lot of really good things for Indiana. Um, and and another thing is Xavier Johnson's got to find a way to stay on the floor. He, you know he's got to he's got to stop fouling out. I think he's like averaging like four point five fouls per game, um, which is not good because you're really nearing fouling out at that point. And Indiana really needs him on the floor as much as we we want these guys off the bench to come in and help out. They they need the starting point guard to, to stay on the floor. And and Xavier Johnson's got to stay out of foul trouble for that. Dylan Wallace, sports editor of the Seymour Tribune. You know, as we see Trace Jackson Davis be dominant so far game in and game out and just look at this team, this roster and rotation come together, for IU to maybe surpass preseason expectations as far as a record goes or maybe their placement in the Big Ten Conference if they're going to slide in to be in the top tier of the Big Ten this year, if Trace continues what he's been doing that obviously is going to help IU in a big way but I'm not so sure with what I've seen the last few games especially that I don't think Trace's play at the high level continued like it has been 
uh, and Race Thompson may be as big of a, a key to that, uh, to additional success as anything. Uh, I think he really seems to be developing a role as the glue guy for Indiana and really adds something when you can put him and Trace in the front court together. He seems as well to have taken his game to another level. Uh, he might, to me, be the key to make all this uh, go and surpass preseason expectations for year one of Mike Woodson. Yeah, and he's been a glue guy, you know, ever since he really started to come on. Um, he was that guy that just did kind of all the dirty work. Um, you know, he rebounded well, he defended well. Um, but now we're starting to see him do a little bit more on the offensive end. Um, you know, he, he had a, a little bit of a rough go against Syracuse, um, kind of, you know, maneuvering kind of that the, the zone defense. He, he forced some passes. He had, I think, you know, seven turnovers, something like that. But he also had, I think, like eight assists. So there are moments where he did a lot of good things. He, he He's really good at kind of that push shot floater, um, maybe around the free throw line a little bit inside the free throw line. He's got a really good touch around the basket, um, even though he did miss a couple layups in that first half. But he's been really good uh, alongside Trey Jackson Davis. And um, I think that, I mean, that's obviously Indiana's two best front court players. And uh, they're, they're, they're really good defensively. They're really good. Um, you know, they're allowed to switch with each other on defense. Um, and, and kind of their, their passing with one another is good as well. You know, they like, they like to, uh, I think Mike Woodson called it buddy ball today, and he's referring specifically to um, his post guys passing to one another, which is Trace and Race. Um, you know, they've been a great combination. And I just remember, you know, back in 2018 when I covered the team for inside the hall, you know, when Race Thompson started to come on a little bit, um, this is when Joey Brunk was on the team, and Joey Brunk started and Trace Jackson Davis started, obviously. But there were moments when Race would come off the bench and be Race and Trace together. And we were all like saying, like, wow, Race and Trace like playing together. Like a lot of really good things happen on the floor when they're when they're playing alongside one another. You know, this could be a good lineup. And now, you know, two years later, you know, they have obviously been the starting front court for Indiana the past two seasons. Um and, and and you know why. You know, they they do a lot of really good things. They complement each other really well, which is a good thing. And I think a lot of people were kind of skeptical of Race Thompson coming into the season. You know, Mike Wister wants to play a four-out, one-in. How is he going to fit in that if he can't shoot? Um, you know, I think he's maybe hit, like, two, three-pointers this season. But he's at least willing to take them, and he is willing to get outside of the paint. He's not just clogging the paint. He's not standing on the opposite block and having his guy easily just come. You know, he's he's standing outside. You know, he's, he's, he's creating some more space for Trace, which has been really positive. And, uh, you know, we're going to see teams continue to double-team Trace right when he gets the ball. And uh, if when you have guys like Miller Cobb and Parker Stewart around him to, to shoot the ball like they were like they've been able to shoot so far, um, you know that's 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 really good. I think I saw something yesterday that Parker Stewart leads the Big Ten or Big Ten players at, uh, three point shooting right now at like forty seven percent. You know that's that's a pretty high clip. I don't know if it was sustainable. Maybe it might drop a little bit, but still, it's really good if he's if he's in sort of the high forties or, or mid forties. You know, um, so yeah, the team's coming together pretty well. They're still obviously getting pretty acclimated to playing with one another. But, you know, you hit it on the head. You know, Race Thompson is, is so important to what Indiana does on both ends of the ball now. You know, he's, he's been able to, to make a lot more decisions on offense. You know, I think uh, another thing is he's been able to, to take the ball. Up the, you know, I, I remember at the end of the uh, – or end, toward the end of the first or second – I think it was his first overtime, um, or maybe it was regulation. You know, Race Thompson gets a rebound. He dribbles it up to floor himself, turns, kind of hands it off to Parker Stewart. He drains a big three. You know, that was a really good play created by him, getting the ball up the floor quick, turning, finding a shooter, dribble handoff, kind of picks the guy, and then Parker Stewart nails a three. You know, he's just doing a lot of good things for Indiana, and uh, he'll continue to be a big a big key. You know, hopefully he cuts down on some of those turnovers. You know, I, I don't think Indiana will run into a weird zone like that for the, the rest of the year, you know, so hopefully that helps him out. 
and cutting down some of those turnovers. But yeah, he's been a really good thing, especially when, when Trace is doubled. You know, Race Thompson uh, can, can really make defenses pay, and that's a positive sign for Indiana. All right, uh, we've got a little extra time today. Kyle Nedenrip is emceeing the uh, state football uh, banquet or a, a, a Kiwanis banquet today uh, that I had forgotten about. So if you're okay, we'll, we'll keep you on for a little extra chatter. Here, here's something from the Thornton's text line. This has come up before. You and I maybe have even uh, addressed this or shared our thoughts before, but Texter writes in, I think IU should name the bench area of Branch McCracken Court the Bobby Knight Bench. Put a nice logo of his name on the court right in front of the bench. And obviously, you know, Branch McCracken uh, has his place in the program as well, but it seems that the time is right. Coach Knight is still with us. Uh, there have been, you know, rumors of his health condition, but he's been able still to be seen around the Bloomington community fairly regularly. He's back living in the area. His former player, Mike Woodson, has embraced him, and he has embraced Coach Woodson. He's been at practices. I think it's possible that we see him at some additional IU events and games this season. Now would seem like it's the time for IU to – figure out something creative with Assembly Hall now having a naming sponsor and the court already uh, being taken by Branch McCracken's name to do something creative. Maybe the bench area is the right idea, but there's got to be a way to include Bobby Knight, I think, inside the facility in a major way when when you're watching the game on television, uh, on the court somewhere, on the sideline somewhere, you see his name, his signature, some sort of insignia that reminds you of the longtime head coach and all that he brought to the program. Yeah, I actually kind of like that bench idea, you know. Um, it, it's kind of unique. I don't know if many schools or programs sort of have like a you know the bench area named something but you know Bobby Knight bench or whatever something like that obviously you know that's the place where where he you know he patrolled the sidelines um you know he he did a lot of really good things when he was coaching Indiana so you know that obviously makes a whole lot of sense um you know as of how you do it you know where you might mark it or something like that you know where you could engrave the name or how you could do that I don't know you know on a seat maybe or you know on the head coach's seat or or somewhere, I don't know where, where exactly you would put it, but I think the general idea of it is pretty solid, um, especially because other than that, you know, other, other than that and and the court, which is already named after Branch McCracken, I'm not sure where else you, you really try to go with it, you know. Um, you know, there, there, I'm sure people could think of some similar stuff, but, um, you know, there's not a lot of other things that, that you might be able to, to, to manage and make it happen. So I think that would be a good include, a way to include him, and I think there is – you know, we're, I think Scott Dolson and you know Mike Woodson, just the way that they've kind of embraced him being back. Uh, I'm sure we will see him at uh, a number, maybe just one game, maybe maybe multiple games. But I think we'll see him at a couple games. Um, he's obviously, as you mentioned, he's been to a couple practices, so that's really cool that he's kind of been you know back up with Indiana basketball. So uh, I think we'll see how they'll maybe try to include him. Um, I think he's obviously deserving of it. You know, we don't have to read off his list of accolades to, to that. No, everyone knows that he he deserves it. Um, so it's just kind of a matter of where and and, and how. And I think the the bench idea is pretty good. Um, but again, that kind of just comes down to how exactly do you do you kind of display that? You know, um, you know, is is there maybe something engraved on the floor behind or in front of the bench that says it? I'm not sure, but uh, I think that's a pretty solid idea. Uh, and, I, and I think you know we did it. We have talked about this before. Just it'll be really interesting to kind of see if they try to go so if they try to you know do this in some way, get his name somewhere in Assembly Hall, 
to honor him and, and forever have his name etched, uh, uh, you know, in, in, in the building because, uh, you know, he, he deserves it. He's, you know, he's, he's responsible for three of those five banners up, up that are hanging up um, from the rafters. So, you know, he's obviously a legendary coach here. Um, and, and I think, I think Scott Dolson, you know, just because he's, he was a manager for, for one of those teams, you know, he, he might, he might want to try to do something. Um, so it'll be something to kind of continue to look out for. And I think people continue to kind of shout out ideas is always a good thing. I like the bench one. That was smart. Yeah. And another texter writes in while we're on this subject, uh, rename 17th street for night. Uh, you, you spent years in Bloomington as a student and then covering the team, I'm trying to think of 17th Street as far as is that the main drag or is that significant in some way or around Assembly Hall? Uh, can you can you tie that together for us, Dylan? Yeah, you could. Um, it's the street that's like going in front of Assembly Hall, you know. Okay. So, okay. Um, yeah, I, I lived on 17th Street uh, <laughs> when I was at IU, actually. So I remember the address exactly. So yeah, yeah, that that could also be another thing. Um, maybe name a street or something around it. You know, Knights, Knight Drive, Knight Avenue, Knights Way, or yeah, Knights Way sounds pretty good. Um, uh, but yeah, I think you know, if anything you could do, I think it'd be a lot. I think it'd be a little uh, better if it was inside Assembly Hall yeah, somewhere. I agree. You know, I agree. you know, somewhere, somewhere um, fans could maybe see it or something like that. Um, maybe, maybe it's. Uh, I probably shouldn't put it out in the concourse or anything. It should be on the floor somewhere. You know, um, it'll just be interesting to kind of see how how what what way they try to do it. Um, and, and I'm just curious to see, kind of find it out, but you know, cook hall, obviously that that's been named after someone as well. So, and I think, yeah, as we said, it should just be somewhere in assembly hall. Um, so it, I'm curious to see, you know, how, how it comes out. And I don't know if anyone's really talked about this much, you know, I think the first time we talked about on the show is kind of the first time that I've really thought about it or it's been really brought to my attention. So, um, we'll, we'll see if people, uh, start to talk about it or people start to clamor for it. Um, it sounds like a lot of people who listen to the show are really interested in that. So, you know, hopefully the word gets a little bit to Scott Dolson and they try to make a move here. Yeah. And to close it out, I think it's gotta be something that's inside the building and it's gotta be something yeah. you see on TV, you know, a name on the court, a name on the bench. And I've got to believe I have no insight at all, but I've got to believe with coach Woodson, the head coach with coach Knight, Coming back to the Purdue game in recent seasons, to um, to Coach Knight coming back to practice and being around more, and to the fact that he's getting up there in age, that this is something that someone is working on, thinking of trying to make this happen. At least I think most IU fans hope so. So this is going to be interesting to follow and see with uh, with guys like Dolson and Woodson there. You've got to think that something will will be announced at some point, but who knows? So we'll see. And, how. and you'd also, yeah. And you'd also think that, you know, as we mentioned, you know, when they, when they show assembly hall, uh, on a TV broadcast, uh, they never say like, welcome to branch McCracken court right. or, right. you know, or they don't show it anywhere. I think if Bob Knight's name was somewhere in the building, you'd see that on every single broadcast. Oh, Bobby Knight, you know, they, they would show it. They would have the camera show it. They would briefly say it. This is, you know, Bob and I did this. Like, I think they would, promote that a little bit more in terms of TV broadcast than they do with Branch McCracken. So. Yep, agree, agree. I want to get to football for a moment. We've had a number of good texts come in, so let's just stay with the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. Uh, Brad text in, any insight, Dylan, on IU football OC candidates? That, uh, Dylan, is obviously uh, a big talking point. In fact, we've talked more about who Coach Allen is going to hire in that position and the importance of this hire uh, as much as we have anything with IU football in recent weeks because it's just been really depressing if you're an IU football fan how the season has went and definitely how things finished up with a bad loss the way it went down to Purdue in the bucket game. So 
Do you hear anything? Do you know anything? Your thoughts on maybe what should be considered for this very important hire, maybe the biggest of Tom Allen's career, very pivotal moment, I feel, for him coming up with this decision. Yeah, I haven't seen a whole bunch of, like, you know, legit candidates. You know, I've seen some names throw out there. Um, you know, Kevin Johns, he's the, the Memphis offensive coordinator. You know, he, he spent six years in Bloomington, um, and he was the offensive coordinator under Kevin Wilson. And we obviously know uh, th- those offenses are really good. Um, you know, Justin Fry from UCLA, he was a 06 Indiana alumni. Um, there's just a couple of guys who have some previous IU connections, I think, that are do- that are at some pretty decent schools. Um, I've seen – Matt Canada's name thrown out there. You know he's the uh, you know the Steelers offense coordinator right now, but he just recently got that job. I can't imagine that he would he would leave there anytime soon. Um, but not, nothing super concrete yet. Nothing that's like you know that's been rumored that you're like oh my gosh like this seems like it's really got some momentum. Um, so not, nothing like that. But it is a really important hire, and I don't. And I mean I'm pretty positive they're not going to do anything in house. Like they're not going to promote. Dylan McCullough or, you know, uh, anyone like that. I, I just think you have to go try to go big here. You have to try to get someone um, really creative, really innovative. Um, and it just seems like, you know, the, the last couple of years, uh, Tom Allen, you know, he, he's had, you know, Mike DeBoer obviously wasn't a good one, but then you brought in Kaylin DeBoer. That was a really positive one. And then he was, you know, he got a promoting job uh, just after being here for one year. And then I think he sort of handpicked Sheridan, who he brought with him here, um, and then things just kind of haven't did not work out from there. Um, so this is a, a pretty important hire. You know, this is going to be Allen's fourth offensive coordinator that he's going to bring in. Um, you really got to nail this one because, especially just with with how the season played out, you know, you really need to get back on track. I'm not saying you need to go win ten games next year, but you have to go seven and five, or you know, eight and four, or you know, maybe maybe it's just six and six and you get to a bowl game. But you have to you have to bounce back next season, and the offense has to look like an offense you know it has to look competent uh, and I think you have to be able to just come in and, and kind of change up the scheme a little bit you know I know you know they wanted to keep the scheme sort of the same when when Sheridan took over for DeBoer because of how well the offense looked with DeBoer um, but but just the inability for him to really run the ball at all the last couple of years um, to, to pass protect from the offensive line there's just a lot of areas that just have not been working for really a couple of years now I mean you could obviously this this year was was the worst but when you look back to just 2029 or 2020 season it, it really wasn't great all those kind of things so there, there's a lot to to kind of fix here and they got to bring in a fresh pair of eyes a new a guy that can come in and have a little bit more of his own ideas you know they try to keep things the same a lot but maybe you need a guy that can really kind of take control of the offense. And Allen's not really, you know, he's he's more of a defensive-minded coach, so he's he's not going to try to step step in your way a whole lot. So I think, you know, whoever gets this job should have a lot of power, a lot of ability to kind of change things up. So, you know, you hope you hope they, they make the right hire. But uh, as far as names, you know, I mentioned a couple just that, that are potential candidates, uh, but I haven't really seen anything that, that, that could uh, warrant a ton of momentum or any kind of huge rumors or anything like that. All right, Dylan Wallace with the extended chat today. He's the sports editor of the Seymour Tribune. Dylan, you've got a busy weekend covering some high school stuff and keeping an eye on IU as well. We'll talk with you next Friday. Sounds good. Thank you, guys. All right, Dylan with us today. Appreciate him joining us as we catch up on all things IU basketball and football. Appreciate all the text today, too, on the Thornton's text line. We'll head to a quick break, come back and wrap the week up, get you all set for the weekend. Stay with us this is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.
We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this and for all the small schools and never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach. You got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. All right, we're back. Final segment real quick. Just a couple notes. I found this interesting. This is from IU Sports Information Director uh, J.D. Campbell. Mike Woodson and Fred Hoiberg, he's the coach of Nebraska, of course. They will be the first former NBA players and former NBA head coaches to face each other in a Big Ten game. So interesting note as we're on our way out here on this Friday program. Also saw that IU offered another freshman in the class of 2025, Caleb Wilson as well. He's an out-of-state player. Have a great weekend. Be back with you uh, Monday, 11 a.m. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.